Where are we in uh, Ha'azinu? So uh, this is, uh, our schedule is going to be Ha'azinu. Once we finish Ha'azinu, we could do uh, Haftarah Tshuva, which is uh, Haftarah of the Shabbat, because Yom Kippur is coming up, so it's Shabbat Tshuva. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, that's a very beautiful Haftarah. Uh, and then there's another Haftarah for Parashat Ha'azinu, in the situation where I guess Ha'azinu is not on Shabbat Tshuva, which I don't know how that's possible, just thinking about it. But, okay. Um... No, 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 it's, it's possible, nice. it's possible. Yeah, yeah. If, if Ha'azinu comes after Kippur, yeah. that's, how it could work. that's how it could work, right? So we could do that Haftarah also, because it's a Haftarah of David's song, whenever he ran away, whenever he was thanking Hashem for saving him from Shalom, and it has some uh, relationship to Shirat Ha'azinu as well. So there's a lot we could study. I mean, we, we don't have a, we have a lot of days, but we have a lot of content also. So uh, now where are we in the, in the song? I don't make me say Hamishi. Hamishi... I will seize their memory. Okay. Okay. So, so far, we've discussed the song basically shows Am Yisrael's downfall. And what's basically the cause of their downfall? They become very wealthy, successful, and then they kick and they forget God. And that's going to be basically always the downfall of a nation is whenever their luxury gets to their head and they, they kind of lose their reason for existence. But especially in Am Israel, when they forget Borei Olam. Now, what, what happens as a result of their, of this, of, of their forgetting of God, of their forgetting God? They get dispersed all over the world. They get the, the, the Goyim come, right? We have Mechut Sishak El From the outside, you have the sword will be destroying them. From the inside, they'll have fear. And Gam Bachur, Gam young boy and young girl, Yonek, with a toddler, and the old men all are going to be, have the same fate of destruction. God says, I'm going to disperse them. I'm going to completely erase. I'm going to make them nothing. And I'm going to erase them from the earth. Now, does God go through with the plan? No. So now we're going to discuss at this point. We, we've already discussed the downfall. Now, the song turns positive. And, and basically what we've said so far, we've, we've stressed this multiple times is that the, the song is is a is a uh, an important song for people who are steeped in pagan ideology again because pagan ideology would say that if you're destroyed it means your god has been destroyed right because each nation is a, is a has a separate god and the gods are competing and when one nation is destroyed it means their god has been destroyed so am israel i mean am israel will be able to think in in more sophisticated terms but definitely the nations of the world they cannot think in those terms. They don't understand that a god of a nation could decide to let his nation deteriorate. That doesn't make any sense in the, in the pagan understanding of things, right? Because they, they, again, they're under that more primitive understanding that their god only wants them to win. And now if, if they lose, it's because their god lost, right? So the goyim don't even have the the the... Because they're very, they're egoist, they're, they're, they're I mean, it's not, it's just they don't have these concepts. These concepts are completely new to them. Because, because they also believe in multiple gods. That, the beauty of believing in one god is that the good and the bad both come from that god. That's a, that's a very, very, that's like... Um, Luxury. No, that, that's like, uh, you know, um, uh, the theory of relativity, you know? Like bombshell theory that completely changed the scope of everything. So the idea of one god 
bombshell theory. It's an incredibly novel idea, for, especially for someone with a pagan mentality. Because it completely changes the way the whole world works. If you want to learn something interesting, we'll study this more in Parashat Bereshit. But I, I think this is true. A lot of scholars say that the science could not have developed in, and it did not develop in pagan cultures. Do you know why? Because contradiction to because there is no order in the system. Every god, the 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 chaos in our system, I mean the perceived chaos in nature, is a result of competing gods, right? So you have the clouds coming in front of the sun because the cloud god is yeah. overtaking the sun, this and then the, we just learned this. With, uh, we just spoke about this the other night with Rabbi Maruf. Yeah, Rabbi Maruf points this out. So so the idea would be then that the second you believe in one god. Again, this bombshell, huge uh, ideological shift to believe in one God. All of a sudden, hold on, if the clouds are coming in front of the sun and it's all happening by that same God, that means that, and there's no, there's no competition between spiritual forces causing all of these changes in the natural world, and there's only one God, then what's the cause of all these changes in the natural world? If there's one God, maybe there's some order to everything. And it was through this idea that, the, that people would think in terms of there must be some equilibrium to the system. The system must be balanced in a certain way. And, it is, and they came up with devices to understanding the world as opposed to interpretations to understand what is going on behind the scenes. Right? In the pagan w- mindset, they're not thinking about how the world works. They're thinking about it's raining because the rain god right now... Exactly. The, They're thinking about the gods behind the, the system. Domination. 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 But the second you have one god who created the system, you say, wait, the system may have some order. Let me see how it works. And then science could develop. So that's a very, very uh, deep idea. Uh, you could explore just a thought experiment and I highly recommend you do it. Think of all of the... Think in terms of a pagan mindset and so think, think what that means. you tell something like this to a scientist? You're saying... Oh, then there is order because there is one God. Then science can. I mean, the, the problem, the problem, the problem is that the problem is that this re, this revolution, this revolution that happened, is like a 16th century revolution when science and the like and the the early early like uh, industrial revolution slash enlightenment, all these things started to develop. They started in in the end of the Middle Ages, right? So, it's become so science has become so detached from the idea of one god that the scientists will be like Tochimigi, like what are you saying you know where you're five centuries too late but um but yeah of course you could say that like if you just think about it it's all the whole development of science rested on the idea of having one god i think the whole i mean the significance of moral what i've, I've actually learned this from my brother he was saying that the your Avraham Avinu was really the first person because he discovered Akos Baruch on his own and he lived with the, with the idea of God before even God spoke to him for 72 years he was he believed in something that didn't really know officially that existed and he had so much faith but he like he said the scientific thought about it but Akedat Yitzchak was the first kind of like break in pagan idea where people used to sacrifice man I've heard this interpretation it's, it's a modern interpretation point, it's like no, now from now on, let's do animals. So it, it, it just he kind of like Avram was the first it, one to walk away from that. Yeah, the the, the idea of force putting Avram in a situation where he's about to sacrifice his son, and then pushing him and stopping him in the heat of the moment, is almost like the the supreme, uh, like um, uh, co- condemnation of the idea of sacrificing your kid. 
because it all of a sudden almost like the Egyptians when they it, sh- slaughtered the, the sheep in front of the Egyptians to put the blood. Like, right, right. I mean, that, that was that was a condem- of- that was kind of like a criticism of the Egyptian god, but here it's a condemnation of the idea that Just that you, you should yes. sacrifice your son, because at the same time that Abraham was not sacrificing Yitzhak, everybody else was sacrificing their kids. So, so yeah, that's it's a deep idea. I, I think there's truth to it. I mean, uh, people take it a little bit too far, I think, and they say that that's the whole point of the story, and I think the point of the story is to show Abraham's motivation and his devotion to God. But I do think there's some, there's some idea there that, yeah, of course, Abraham's biggest test is going to be something that highlights the Jewish disgust with the killing of children. Okay, so it was a long tangent, but, but the basic idea then is God is going to destroy us. Um, the pagans and we, I mean, the pagans especially, do not understand this idea of God destroying us. That doesn't make any sense to them. And we're going to see that the reason God does not end up destroying us is actually a bit unexpected. Okay, the the rest of the song goes in now goes in a kind of in a positive slope. We're slowly becoming positive, and now we're going to explain why God does not completely eradicate Am Yisrael. Okay, so pasuk twenty seven. If it were not for my fear of the enemy, this is Hashem talking. If it were not for my fear of the enemy, lest his enemies or my enemies would say something wrong in saying, Yadenu Rama, that our hands are uplifted, are strong, and it was not God who did this, meaning the reason I will not destroy Am Israel is because of my fear that the nations will misinterpret this the way that I have, what, what, what and I they will now understand the destruction of Am Yisrael as the destruction of their God as opposed to yes, God is, bringing destruction upon his people yes. and why would the uh, the reason I now I remember why we went on the tangent because, and why would they think like this because that's the way they think that's, because, that's the way they think yes. exactly because these people are a people that have that are lost or at a loss of of intelligence mm-hmm. uh, or at a loss of uh, of um, what's good for for itself. That's also how Moshe uh, Mosh- advice. Yeah, that's how, also how how Moshe talked to Hashem when we you know for asking for forgiveness for all of Am Yisrael. Yes, yes, the yes. Same way. Yes, you could see this very very clearly in the tefillot yes. of our forefathers that they know that the most important thing for Borei Olam on the grand scheme of things is Kiddush Hashem. Yes. Is that Borei Olam's name becomes recognized in the world. Because when it becomes recognized, the world becomes a better place. Yes. So the Tfilot, and we've said this before, are always framed in a manner where it is for God's sake. Right? Beautiful idea, yeah. If they were strong, they would understand this. And they would understand... Their their end, meaning that they could either understand Bnei Israel's end or they could understand their eventual end. But this is talking about the goyim. If the goyim were intelligent, they would understand this and they would understand that their end is also pending. I mean, they wouldn't be so confident that Israel's God has been destroyed. They will see things more clearly. There is a shofar blowing right now. Is that for you? Okay. This is not the downstairs. No, no, this is not the downstairs. This is, uh, this is the, the six, uh, the six. We won't be able to hear the yeah. one downstairs. Oh, 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 this is, oh, this is no more outside. outside. Six yeah. downstairs. Okay, yeah. okay, got it, got it. Param is here, so it's on me. Okay, so, so, uh... The end, the end of the 
No, we we end by Mtabuna, the Goim have no intelligence. If they were smart, they would understand. They would understand their end. How did one chase a thousand and two chase ten thousand? Meaning whenever the Goim were in the process of conquering Am Yisrael, it was almost very easy for them because Boreolam wanted it to happen. So they were, in the course of battle, one Goy would chase a thousand Jews. Two would chase ten thousand. It's an exaggeration. but Sorry, the, the, which Pasuk are you reading? We're a Pasuk Lamed. Lamed. Lamed of Lamed Bet. Ah, Lamed Bet, okay. Of Perak Lamed Bet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, Im lo kitsuram mecharam, vadunai hiskiram. The Goim, they should have been thinking, when they were in the process of defeating Am Yisrael, they should have been thinking, we've been able to win this battle so easily, it's probably not that their God has been destroyed, but that their God has decided that they should be destroyed. But they don't, obviously, don't, they don't come to that conclusion. But that's the, the wish of Ha'azinu is, if only the Goim would think like that. Yes, now, we are as lucky. In, as intelligent. Yeah, we are lucky as, as Jews that they didn't think like that. They didn't think like that because yes, if they did think like a, that... That's our key. Right, that's our key, to, exactly. That's our key to salvation. Our key to salvation is that the Goim don't think like that. Okay? Ki lo turam pililim. Because their gods, Turam is like their rock. Their rock is nothing like our rock. pililim, And uh, they are in a position of judgment. Meaning when the goyim are in a position of judgment, they're not going to be thinking in terms of the way our God works because our God or their gods are nothing like our God. So they don't have the mental concepts to understand these things, which is very good for us, again. Okay? Now it gets, it gets uh, more, more critical of the goyim. It's actually very interesting. I'm going to go back just one second about mm-hmm. how it's the first time we really ever see the way this is used to, to say that actually tech, almost saying that in this case, Avodah Zarah, or Bidina Adra, it's, it's to work to the Jews. It works to our benefit, in a way, yeah. Because until now, always God rebukes other gods, don't believe other gods. Not, right, right, right. It, it works to our benefit because it is their Avodah Zarah, which, until it ceases, God will need the Jews to be on the scene. Yeah, because we are the example. Because we are the only ones left, yes. right? If we go, then the Avodah Zarah wins, and God's name is completely forgotten. That's okay. why we are the chosen one. We are the example. We are the now. If you wanna, if you wanna get, if you wanna get, if you wanna get very deep, if you wanna get very deep, um, the the roots of anti-Semitism. I mean, I've discussed anti-Semitism in the past. I mean, it goes very, very deep because, at the end of the day, what is, why do the goyim hate the Jews? We're the moral compass for the world. I don't know. I mean, yes, but more than that, it's because their hatred for us is just is just hatred of God redirected at God's people. Meaning, there is a tendency within the heart of man to want to do away with the concept of one God because it puts a lot of moral obligation yes. on people. It puts right? boundaries. So, people... Boundaries for, for so, I read something beautiful here. He wrote it so nicely. I should probably read it for you. But, uh, totalitarians and people who want complete control and want to live in an egotistical way or a self-centered way the biggest problem they have is that they're not the center of the universe, that they can't decide what is moral and what's not, that they can't decide to, to kill someone at will because he's getting in their way. And 
that, the reason they can't do that is because there's one God who's at the center. And the law and the objective morals revolve around Him. So it is the people that are most evil, that are most corrupt, that most want to live their own way, they want to get rid of that one God. Because it gets in the way of them, yes. in essence. This is the main thing of Nazi Germany. It's about right, exactly. It's about they were exactly. no morals. They were doing yeah. something because they nope. completely wiped, <coughs> went against whatever yeah. the concept of any God. Like, yeah, you don't need to do this. It doesn't mean anything. I wonder if even, uh, I mean, I, I hate to say like that, maybe even it's those self-hating Jews that are like, yeah. really behind the scenes. I have a feeling that's also... Um, if they have the same... I, here. Here, here. I'm going to read this Maybe for you. Wondering why am I a this, is, this is by Rabbi Michael Hatton. Yeah, I, I like him. He, he writes very nicely. Jewish tradition realized early on, hatred of the Jews has little to do with their wealth <clears throat> or poverty, power or weakness, influence or helplessness, education or ignorance, or any of the other myriad, often mutually exclusive causes frequently advanced to explain it. Hatred of Jews is the function of something much more sinister, yet more elusive. As our sages put it, whosoever arises against Israel, it is as if they arise against the Holy One, blessed be He. Yes. The off-stated goal of the dictator, the tyrant, or the despot to dispense with the Jews forever is by any other name the subconscious desire to finally extinguish the Jewish idea of God so that His incessant demands for universal freedom Fairness, justice, goodness, and accountability can be buried and forgotten evermore. I think that's the most that's beautiful. The core. That's the core of the anti-Semitism. Yeah, it well. It's it's the it's the want to, it's the desire to do away with the concept of God because the concept of one God, as we've been exploring, I know we've been getting very philosophical, but it's such a damaging concept to yes. everything the way the way they interpret the world. It has such huge ramifications for the way you think about everything, especially for the way you have to live. Because then all of a sudden there's one God who demands who's sitting at the center. The easiest thing about the pagan mentality is that there are so many gods that there's no real anybody at the center. Each person could basically do what he wants. Okay, tomorrow we're going to discuss the, the nature of the Goyim. And they're going to be compared to Sodom and Amura again. Baruch Amen. 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 Amen.